Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Good to have you on the show, Blake. How are you doing today? Good, Hadi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being uh, part of the show. I'm going to do a quick introduction for our listeners. Blake is the CEO of Flippa, a marketplace to buy and sell websites, online stores, apps, and other online businesses. He's building what they call the investment bank for the 99%, and you have a sophisticated valuation, negotiation, transaction functionality that usually has been reserved to the 1%, as you say, and now you're making it available for millions of sites and stores and owners all over the world. Last year, I believe you've raised around 11 million and this year's A led by one ventures. Did I miss anything, Blake? No, that's a fantastic introduction. I appreciate that. Yeah, we are a marketplace, marketplace to buy and sell online businesses. You know, we're growing quickly and we're very dependent on a community of great entrepreneurs and business builders all over the world. Yeah. I mean, we were discussing uh, before we went live that I came across your website back in 2014 when I was doing my own research uh, and was interested in uh, selling and flipping on online websites. So take us back to the founding moment and how did it all happen? Yeah, it's a great, great question, Hardy. So there was a developer forum and the developer forum was called SitePoint. And SitePoint is still around today. Um, It's independent of Flipper, not related, although it does have the same founders. And they noticed that there was an opportunity and that the community within the forum were talking about trading. And so they were exchanging source code, apps, templates, all of those types of things. And so there were two businesses that came as a result of SitePoint. The first one was 99designs. And 99designs was a design marketplace. And then, of course, the other one was Flipper, which is us. And so it started out of one other community. And, of course, you know, we're here on the first 100. And so it was benefited by a community to drive its first customers and essentially be able to test the concept. Long story short, it worked well enough that they were able to spin it out as a standalone company. And it became a living, breathing marketplace about 13 years ago now. It feels like it, it's a long time for an online business. So kudos for you for sticking around for that while. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, businesses take uh, a long time to mature. And if you look at what Flipper is today and compare that to what Flipper was back then, they're very different. And, of course, sometimes great ideas take a long time yeah. to mature in evolving marketplaces. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, Flipper was a visionary concept, but we needed to wait for the digital economy to move in a direction which was going to benefit ourselves. Absolutely. And you're actually playing in the hardest field, which is a marketplace. Essentially, you're creating supply and demand. Chicken and egg problem. What do I start with in your case? Do I start with finding buyers or sellers? And what a strategy did you adopt to create the, this type of demand and supply early on? Yeah, so I think generally speaking, the problem for us relates to supply because most business owners don't actually think about an exit when they start. They don't necessarily think about an exit through their growth period. They're busily building 
And so you've got to build awareness with the supply side so that they understand that there's an opportunity at the end of their business life cycle or, or at least the end of the business life cycle as it relates to them personally. So generally speaking, I would say the challenge is supply side awareness, but initially you obviously have to have some buyers because if you don't have buyers, when you attract your first customers, there's no liquidity in the marketplace. So in the beginning, certainly there was organic behaviours that showed evidence that actually there were more buyers than sellers. And that still is the case today. So last month, for example, we saw around about 3,500 online business valuations and we saw around a couple of thousand new businesses list on Flipper to be sold. When I say new businesses, the average age is about four and a half years old, five years old businesses listing, but new list business opportunities listed on the platform. That's not a bad number. But on the buy side, there were 30,000 new buyers that joined, right? And so generally speaking, to answer the question, supply side is the challenge. There are lots of buyers who are well aware of the asset class. The other thing about sellers, remember, is that while they might own multiple businesses, they're typically only in the market to sell one business at any given time, whereas buyers are often in the market to buy multiple businesses at any given time. So when you think about marketplace problems, one side of our marketplace is actually cash ready. That's the buy side. The other side of the marketplace, you've got to consistently warm up. And early on, what acquisition strategies did you deploy to get your first, let's say, 100 supply side deals? Yeah, most of it was community development. So these days, people would call that community marketing, content marketing, or even owned media. And so most of it related to harnessing a very small community of developers who had a very, very strong awareness and understanding for the value of their little assets. And so the hard thing about marketplaces, of course, is can you find customers who are passionate about the solution you're offering? And does it solve a problem for them or does it add a, a material benefit for them? And so for us, you know, it was a way for developers to make money. And so they liked it instantly. And therefore, we had strong referral and word of mouth. In fact, today, Hardy, the single most beneficial acquisition channel for us is still referral and word of mouth. And we spend very little on our paid marketing. Most of our effort relates to optimizing for search queries, so SEO, and that's proven to be a, a strong organic channel for us. Now, of course, if every month there's 2,500 new, essentially, articles, as Google sees them, right, um, which are the listings of these business owners, we've always got fresh, organic, good quality content coming in from our community on the basis of the listings that they create, representing Shopify businesses, Amazon businesses, WordPress businesses. So the, the keyword richness of our content is strong. And so as a result of that, we've always relied on that. And so to go back to those first 100 customers, it was a function of getting really strong advocacy among a small few. Where did you find that? You said community. How do you find these developers and also convince them that this is something they can make money on? Yeah, so we were a little benefited by our ties to SitePoint. And so SitePoint was a natural promotional channel for Flipper. It had started on SitePoint. We were able to cross-market on SitePoint. For the developers that joined SitePoint looking to code, looking to build their first businesses, we were able to harness that community and drive essentially what you might call referral traffic 
from site point into Flipper. So we were really lucky and benefited that way because obviously the cold start problem is a really significant one. And so you have to find a inorganic pathway to your first 100 customers typically. Knowing what you know today, if you are starting all over again and you had limited funding, where do you see the immediate impact that you can go to and start seeing activity on your website? It's a really great question. The one thing I would say is you need to have a tool that people are attracted to. Don't worry about whether you can make money from the tool. Worry about whether the tool is adding value to the community that you are looking to target. Because if you've got a tool that adds value and that tool is a low-cost tool, in many cases free, people will often, given the size of the web community, look to test out and try that tool. And so for Flipper, that's our valuation tool. We can value businesses with a huge amount of accuracy because of our history and access to data. But let's assume we couldn't. There is still quite well-trodden articles, research pieces, data, data and white papers around how you value a business and how it should be valued. So our valuation tool, in theory, could have been built back 13 years ago. It wasn't. But if I was to start today, I would look to utilize that tool and then promote that tool to key communities. So for example, there's Facebook groups where Shopify businesses hang out just to talk about how to grow their e-commerce stores. If I had a free tool, I would offer that tool to that community. How much is your business worth? Find out here. Now, once you have them utilizing your tool, you're now in essentially the lifecycle marketing wheel. And so from that point in time, you can start to provide content and beneficial advice back to that community that has utilized that tool. Our tool is a bot. So it takes you three to five minutes to complete and it gives you material value. It gives you a sense of what your business is worth and everyone's obsessed with what their business is worth. That's similar to other high value, low repeat marketplaces like Zillow, for instance. Zillow in the US does a very good job of making people obsessed with their house valuation and worth. And they use their tool called the Zestimate as a lead magnet and the tool has to provide real, t- real utility and value. But if it's a good utility and it does provide value, it typically becomes a good lead source. Um, so that's where I would start out, Hardy. That, that's a great way to attract, especially with the, with the value of the lead magnet, because as you said, they come in, even if they don't become a customer today, they want to check maybe what's their worth in one year and two years, and you're collecting all of their data, which you could retarget them and approach them from a different angle. That's very smart. Is this tool currently mature and active, or are you constantly evolving it? It's constantly evolving. So in our case, it's a smart valuation algorithm taking into consideration buyer demand as well as historical sales for benchmarking and comp purposes. And so as more people list SaaS businesses for sale or apps or e-com stores or blogs, as more people list those businesses, as more buyers engage with them, as more buyers give us a sense of how much they perceive the businesses to be worth and ultimately acquire them, the tool gets smarter. And so the tool is designed to be an always-on, real-time, I wouldn't say definitive, I would say it's very good at providing an estimated range that your online business is worth. Yes, it's always on. Amazing. 
Share with us one proud moment that you've experienced uh, while building Flipper and one challenging one. So I think the most challenging thing is, as we talked about earlier, it's how do you make every business owner around the world aware that actually what they're building is a valuable asset that a large community around the world actually treats as an asset class. And so there's lots of buyers right now who are interested in online businesses, but less business owners are aware of those buyers interested in online businesses. And so the biggest and toughest problem we face is we have massive demand on the buy side and we have lower supply than we would like. We still have the largest supply globally, but it's lower supply than we would like. So the biggest challenge we face is how do you make every online business owner aware that they're sitting on an asset and they can value that and ultimately exit it? And that's always a challenge, right? Because as a marketplace, you, you're often, it's a little bit of a, you, marketplaces are very rarely linear in growth. And so you need to continue to work away at your positioning. You need to work away at your acquisition. You need to work away at your funnel. And you need to work away at your trust and credibility and integrity. And of course, flippers had to come a long way because in the early days, you know, people would try to sell anything. And now we essentially verify everything through both data and human resource. So we've come a long way in that regard. And that was a real challenge. Proud of our community because when someone sells something or buys something, we're making a really special moment for them. If you sell a blog in 24 hours for $90,000 or you sell an app for $4.7 million, these are life-changing moments for people. So we're, we're really proud of that. Hardy, in the last week, we've launched the first ever AI-based recommender engine. And so I'm really proud of that because it shows that we're still innovating. It shows that we're able to build a product that is a product for today that is going to benefit business owners. And so what that product does is it backflips the model. It reverses the model. So it used to be that when you listed, you had to wait for buyers to come to you. What happens now for the very first time and literally in the last couple of days is when you list something, we will serve up to you all of the buyers that we predict will be interested in your asset and you can pitch them, invite and pitch, invite and pitch. And so you're actually actively soliciting versus waiting for Flipper to bring buyers to you. And so that new product I'm very proud of. Congratulations on this. This is the first time I, I hear something between our buying and selling uh, community. So congrats on this. What is the principle that you live by that has made you successful? Yeah, so the principle I live by is do things today, not tomorrow, because tomorrow you can learn from what you did today. So that relates to speed. It relates to decisive decision-making. It relates to a focus on execution. My belief is that strategy is a function of execution. And so a lot of people create a strategy and then execute against that strategy. But you're almost bound to have your strategy wrong if you haven't yet executed. So my view is we execute today and from that we learn, we understand, and then we strategize around that and how you accelerate um, or decelerate in some cases. So do things today, so that tomorrow you can learn from the things you did today is really the motto that I live by. That's a powerful principle and very practical as well. 
So thank you for sharing this with our listeners. And what were during your teenage years topics you discussed with your parents on dinner, on lunch, on outings? Yeah, that's a good question. Really great question. I mean, if I reflect on that, I think it related to either a like or dislike for certain subjects at school, how you could get through school in the best possible way, who your friends were, what value they were adding to you, what value you would add back to them, what you needed to do to stay healthy and happy. You know, probably not that dissimilar to a lot of families. And yes, you know, I was obviously blessed to have a very, very stable upbringing and that that really helps and I don't take that for granted. But in that context, um, most of it related to as a young boy, how do you live life to the fullest to learn as much as you can? So for me, it was doing jobs early and understanding the value of, of hard work, earning your first dollar as fast as you possibly could to be able to do what you wanted versus what your parents allowed you to do. So things like that. What are you currently running away from? <laughs> I think I'm always running away from a feeling that I haven't achieved enough and anxiety around our speed of growth. And that might be healthy, but sometimes it can be debilitating too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing uh, this person. One last question. What's next for Flipper? That's a really great question. Right now, we are busily thinking about marketplace efficiency. And so being able to find a way to accurately match quality business owners with what we call acquisition fit buyers is our current focus. And so that relates to our recommendation engine. It relates to our most recent, even basic things like SMS notifications we never had. And so now, you know, when you get a letter of intent from an interested buyer, rather than, you know, sending an email to you, you get an instant notification to your phone saying you've just had a LOI issued. So even though that now exists and it's not there for the question, the, the answer to the question, what's next, it is the way we think about what comes next because everything we do has to relate to the efficiency of the marketplace to try and make those moments happen more uh, readily um, and efficiently for our buyers and sellers. We have recently launched an off-market and a new way for business owners around the world to not just sell but also to raise capital from our big community. And so what's next for Flipper is today we're the number one marketplace to buy and sell online businesses. Our ambition is to democratize the exit, make that accessible for everyone. But within that, we also want to democratize access to business ownership. So to democratize access to business ownership, we need to provide more opportunities for prospective buyers to also invest because you don't need to operate. You just need to have a stake. And so we will become the number one marketplace to buy, sell, raise, and invest. And that's what's next for Flipper. These are great ambitions. We wish you the best of luck. This was an amazing episode. Where can people reach you, Blake? Uh, the best place to reach me is LinkedIn. That's probably the community I'm most prolific on. Um, so just look me up there, Blake Hutchison, CEO of Flipper. I'm sure you'll find me easily enough. And of course, you know, check out flipper.com. And, and thank you so much, Hardy. Thank you for your time, Blake. Have a great evening. 
Have a great day, Hardy. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers. 